0: Welcome to the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with former TSN radio host Steve Warren and the coach Greg Kennedy. All right, we're off and running. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us today. We have lots coming up on today's show. We'll begin talking about the evil blue empire. Al Dubas is out in Toronto. Some fans wondering, hmm, depending on how the summer goes, any chance he's coming to Ottawa? That depends on ownership, of course, and there's news there as well. Donovan Bailey, our 1996 gold medalist in the men's 100 and the 4x100. Uh, Donovan Bailey has apparently joined the Nico Sparks bid. We'll get into that. How many NHL coaches have been actually hired and fired since DJ Smith took over in Ottawa? And we'll flash back to the Sens' longest game ever, that after the Florida-Carolina marathon on Thursday night. All still ahead today here on the show. It's Steve Warren, along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. Greg, how are you today?
1: Good, Stephen. I'm uh, awake and well-rested. Uh, I've recuperated from my late
0: night Thursday night. Did you stay up and watch the
1: whole thing? It was 2 a.m., I think, when it ended.
0: I actually started late. I wasn't watching the game, and all of a sudden, they're telling me it's in double overtime. So I was Johnny-come-lately. <laughs> ah. and uh, Yeah, so I was there at the end. My I have flip-flopped a little bit. I did morning radio for a very long time, and... That guy with that sleeping schedule would not have lasted, but I'm, I've become a nighthawk again, so no problem there for me.
1: Good for you. It was uh, it, it was exciting, uh, uh, start to finish. You know, you, you, you think of the Carolina Hurricanes as being a boring uh, team, but I'll tell you, I, I, I was impressed. It was a good game. Both uh, the the energy level never seemed to waver. The shift length got shorter, but yeah. uh, both teams seemed to still seem to still have the
0: energy required when chances materialized. You're really seeing big boy hockey here, like the energy level in the games and the commitment to defense. They're playing hard defensive hockey, all five guys, all five skaters out there doing the right things, taking away time and space. It really is a level that you just don't see even earlier in the playoffs, let alone the regular season.
1: Yeah, they say it gets tougher and tougher as the season goes on, right? There's there's preseason hockey, there's early season hockey, then it changes after Christmas, then there's, you know, it just keeps getting higher and higher and higher. And uh, you're absolutely right. So it's it's one of those things the senators talk about getting to another level. Well, that, that they, they need to get to another level to to even get into the playoffs, and then when they get there, it'll be interesting to see when that day comes if they can get it to another level and compete and maybe win around some someday
0: soon. Since we're talking about it, we might as well flash back and go to the winning goal. It happened. It's at this stage of the game. um, It's all tied up at two, and we're late in the fourth overtime. Seven periods. They actually had a seventh-period stretch. Not the seventh-inning stretch, a seventh-period stretch in the game. And then finally, near the end of the fourth-overtime period, Brady Kachuk's brother, Matthew, got loose. Brent Burns with 15. Bennett keeps the puck alive. Kachuk with a shot. He scores! Matthew Kachuk with 12 and 7, 10 seconds remaining in overtime number four. So there's Matthew Kachuk putting it away. Nice shot. Bad giveaway, but a great play by Kachuk to kind of drag it a little bit and then wire one upstairs. I did not think he had the kind of room, Greg, that you would need to wire something top corner from where he was on the ice, but uh, goes to the excellence of Matthew Kachuk, who can pretty much do it all. Yeah, it shows
1: it's a, it's a game of inches, huh? Uh, if if Brett Burns uh, gets his stick in there instead of just barely getting his leg in there, maybe the shot doesn't even happen. But the key, right, Steve, they they, they got pucks deep there, pal. You notice that, right? <laughs> got pucks Absolutely. deep. F1, F1 got in there hard. Uh, I, I was surprised, like, looking at it in hindsight, why did Burns go up the crowded side? Why didn't he go to the the weak side of the ice from there, up up his right wing. Instead, he, he reversed it uh, up the wall to to a partner who was crowded, traffic, cu- even the ref was in the way. It, it, well, sorry, there, even the ref was in the area. He wasn't in the way, but they, you created your own turnover up that wall when really you didn't have to.
0: Yeah, yeah, bad giveaway. But those are the types of mistakes that happen late in a game when you get tired, and as a defenseman who's been getting smashed into the end boards for seven periods, you get a little skittish after a while, and uh, yeah, that's the kind of mistake that happens in those circumstances. Meanwhile, I think some Sens fans who were watching that game on Thursday night probably went back in their mind's eye to 2010 when the Sens played their longest game in their history, in their last, and it still stands today, 31-year history, the longest game in franchise history. That would be their victory in the first round against the Pittsburgh Penguins just to set things up. The Sens are down 3-1 in the series. They've just blown a 2-0 lead in the game. They're down 3-2 to the Penguins. Peter Regan, of all people, ties it in the third period. And then it's off to overtime, and then another overtime, and then another overtime before Daniel Alfredson. Who else grabs the puck in and around, uh, I guess it would be down the left wing, kind of fades back, kind of Gretzky style, a little loop back, and sees the trailer. Matt Karkner, of all people, gets it back to him, and Karkner makes a little history.
1: Going to the net. Albertson waits there at the line. Here comes the shot. Score! A shot from the blue line by Matt Karkner, and the Ottawa Senators have won this game in Pittsburgh in
0: a second overtime, and the series is alive and goes back to Ottawa. What a... So there's Bob Cole from CBC, (laughs) along with uh, Gary Galley. And, uh, oh, God bless Bob. Thought it was the second overtime, Uh, but uh, that's okay. That's all right. Uh, But, I mean, talk about an unlikely guy, right? Here's an NHL rookie at 29. Finally makes it to the NHL after eight years in the American Hockey League. Probably the last guy any sense fans uh, would have thought would get that winning goal that night. Yeah. Matt Karkner joins the rush late, Steve. There he goes.
1: His, his offensive instincts kicked in. Yeah. I remember the game. That that, that was uh, those heady times back then, right? And it was facing elimination too, right? I think you said that if I recall. Yep. Were they yep. down? Yeah, they were down. Yeah, that was. I remember that. That was pretty cool. And and I didn't realize that until you just mentioned it now that he was a rookie then, but I guess that makes sense because he wasn't here for very long, was he? He left, he got a nice deal and signed with the Islanders, right, As I, I think.
0: Yeah, he's here a couple of years and uh, certainly had some good moments. You think back to the, you know, getting even with, who was it? It was Brian Boyle who was yep. rabbit-punching Eric Carlson in uh, one of the games, and then he got even with him, he got thrown out. But uh, certainly one of the uh, one of the friendliest, nicest guys you'll ever meet in hockey, and uh, a special night for him back in 2010. As we do a bit of a Sens rewind, local boy too, right? Winchester, I believe. Yep, from Win- Winchester, and uh, yeah, I'm sure it was a pretty special time in his life. Not only getting to the NHL after toiling in the minors for so long, I mean a lot of guys that give up by 29. He stuck with it, got his opportunity. And uh, he didn't make his NHL debut here. I think he had one game under his belt. I want to say San Jose, but uh, yeah, played his first complete season in the NHL that year, are playing 81 games. And uh, like I say, not the, not the guy you'd necessarily expect to end a triple overtime game, which is still the longest game in Sen's history. Now moving on, I'm loath to do this because we did put a moratorium on discussing Sen's ownership moving forward but they continue to come up with new twists and turns all the time, at least for our f- friends on city news. Um, we haven't said anything about the moratorium. So I think we're okay from a radio oh, perspective. Huh? Oh. All right. Fair enough. We'll give it a couple of minutes. Another
1: yeah. guy joined the team. I, I, he must've been involved already, Steve. He couldn't have just joined now the bids already in. So it's not yeah. going to impress anybody who's making decisions. Oh, look, they added this
0: guy. Now they added that guy. You know? Donovan Bailey has jumped on board. Right. Yeah, that would be the Nico Sparks bid, which already had its share of celebrity action. We know Snoop Dogg's with them. The Rock, maybe I haven't heard his name thrown around in a while, but when he sort of surfaced, he was said to be part of that group as well, perhaps. And uh, now Donovan Bailey is in there as well. And as you mentioned, Monday was the day for final offers to be in. Apparently, there are still four groups alive and well and kicking and all this thing is, uh, I guess, as the Sens and the NHL Uh Try to come up with whoever the you know the the best offer is, and who will be the most stable franchise moving forward has all the dough they need to operate this thing. But uh, I don't know. I, I would think you got to be right that this is just a late announcement because uh, who are you trying to impress at this stage of the game? Yeah, exactly. You know, let's maybe uh, at this stage, if I'm Nico Sparks, I, maybe I have more hires up my sleeve. But to make a big public splash with Donovan Bailey right now would seem like a I don't know a waste of PR because. All we're doing now is waiting to see what the NHL and the senators decide. And uh, I I don't think after the fact, piling another celebrity into the mix who probably doesn't have what you'd call NHL ownership type money uh, is going to impress anybody. Yeah.
1: I just, it just, it's one more name. It's one more face. Uh, I, I, they definitely have the most ethnically diverse group. um, Socioeconomically, uh, they're, they're, they are the most politically correct group in the running, uh, and that, that is something that will appeal to the NHL. All the idea of working grassroots programs and uh, getting underprivileged kids involved in the game somehow that Snoop has talked about, that's that's impressive. I just don't know what's exactly behind them from a hockey standpoint or even from a money standpoint. We don't really know all the details of these groups, so... They're, they're winning the PR battle so far, let's put it that way. But I think you got a scoop, don't you? You know who's in the running, don't you? You're on top of this, aren't you?
0: Well, there's a source that's close to the process, the whole bidding process to this stage, that says that the lead bid right now is Michael Andlauer, who, as most would know, is the owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs. That's a team that was an American Hockey League team that is now an OHL team. And by the way, they'll be the uh, Brantford Bulldogs come the fall. And uh, he's also a 20% owner in the Montreal Canadiens and the arena and such. He's been that since, I think, 2009. He was part of the Jeff Molson Group. And, yeah, that uh, that is the word, that that is the lead bid right now. And I think that it's one of those deals, right? We all know the NHL Board of Governors, the NHL list of owners. There is a bit of an old boys network. And if you've already got a pre-existing relationship and connection with that group, As Lauer does, it's one of those deals I think that, you know, the devil you know. And now the moratorium is back on. All right, fair enough. (laughs) So that's a good time to take a time out on the program. With life moving so fast, don't you wish you could just freeze time? Well, that's what Jim K. Ford is doing for you, because right now, when you custom order a new 2023 Ford Explorer from Jim K., you can lock in your factory order bonus of up to $1,000. And if there's a better incentive when you take delivery, you can choose that instead. It's that simple. Start your journey today at Jim K. Ford in Orleans or at JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln. We ADSS Global is your trusted partner for all your accounting and financial management needs. Our team of certified SAGE 300 experts will help you streamline your financial operations, optimize your cash flow, and improve your bottom line. We have the solutions. Hear what one of our satisfied customers has to say. The Algonquin Students Association has been with ADSS for over 10 years. Mark and his ADSS team are reliable and respond quickly to our requests and needs. Call ADSS Global today at 613-221-5950 or email mcashman at adssglobal.net. So welcome back to the show and hope you're having a fine May 2-4 weekend. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, which is also the weekend of Steve, which is uh, my wife basically every year during my birthday weekend, which is always in the May 2-4 weekend. Uh, I can uh, pretty much go ahead and do whatever I want. Golf my face off, have a few pints with the fellas, all that kind of stuff. So looking forward to that this weekend. Now, the uh, off offseason, well, there's never really an off season as far as NHL news goes. Kind of interesting, Kyle Dubas out in Toronto. Uh, the Leafs general manager just literally, uh, I don't know, about a week and a half ago, took the, uh, took the Leafs farther than they've been in the playoffs at any time in 19 years and he's shown the door. His contract was expiring anyway on June 30th, but the Leafs announced on Friday morning that Dubas would not be back, and it was their decision because Kyle Dubas did talk a little bit about, I don't know what I'm doing here because I got to talk to my family and such, and the last little while has been uh, not easy on his family, so he wanted to have a conversation with them, but uh, the Leafs were pretty clear in their press release that it was their decision after the Leafs were eliminated from the playoffs. This is what Dubas had to say. What I would say is that I'm, I'm not going to, I definitely don't have it in me to go anywhere else. So it'll either be here or it'll be taking time to recalibrate, reflect on the seasons here. But you won't see me next week pop up elsewhere. I don't, I can't put them through that after this year. It's something you say in the circumstances he was in, but also I think, you know, a month from now, after having some time away, Time to reflect, time to talk with family. He's, uh, what is he, in his late 30s max? He's not going to be out of the game for very long. He's still, I think, pretty well regarded around the league. And yes, he hasn't had playoff success. But just look at his winning percentage since he took over as general manager in Toronto. This is a points percentage. And, and just to give you some barometer, these are the points percentages of the Sens the last four years. 437, 455. 445, 524. In Toronto, with Dubas at the helm as GM, last five years have been 610, 579, 688, 701, and this past season, 677. There is ability there to put together a team that can be good in the regular season. He just hasn't been able to, like the franchise itself, take it to the next level come the postseason.
1: Yeah, and I think is—is is this an indictment of the uh, Kyle Dubis way? His 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 thinking is, and it's quite—he stated it, he's outlined it for people if you're if you care to to know. Um, his idea is it's like Moneyball. He believes that the bottom two lines up top and your bottom couple of D are not as important as the rest of the team. He believes that you you just need to fill that in with the one- and two-year guys on, on minimum salaries and that the, the stars should be the stars. And that's why the, the team is structured the way it is, including the payroll, because those parts are interchangeable in the bottom of the lineup. And yeah, okay, it's worked in the regular season. It's just never had any success in the playoffs. And a new GM comes in now, that guy better better be a proponent of the same plan or else a lot of people are out of jobs in the high, 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 end format of the leaf lineup. Some people are going to be out of jobs.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. The the easier minutes of the regular season, you know, shortening your bench or whatever you're entering ending up doing kind of riding your, your big guns. That's uh that's fine in the regular season when you don't have four overtime games and such and, and, and the, how ferocious it gets. And, so physical, uh, those guys tend to wear down. And they also, in some cases, a lot of these skill guys that you're really leaning on, they don't like being hit very much. They they like making the highlight reel. They like putting their skill on display, but they're not necessarily that keen on getting down into the muck and grinding it out and scoring the ugly goals. Yeah, it's a different kind of game, and you score goals a different way. Different kinds of
1: goals are scored that the Leafs are not – uh normal those are not normal leaf plays and normal leaf goals and that's not the kind of game that this leaf team plays and in Kyle Dubas's world he thought it, playing it differently was sk- emphasizing on, on skill 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 that the whole league would kind of change that the game was going to change and it just didn't happen. There's, there's not enough talent for every team to be, to have high end skill and a bunch of plumbers filling in the rest of the roles. It just, it isn't going to work league wide. And when it comes time to show a put up or shut up in the playoffs, those guys just don't, they don't have it. They're not, they're not able to, to produce the, uh, the kind of stats and the kind of scoring that's required to survive through the playoffs.
0: I got a good note from savvy senior, who's a big fan of the show. And, uh, He heard the Dubas to Ottawa talk, which is certainly out there on social media. There are some who believe that if the Sens go in a different direction, decide to kick the tires on someone who maybe isn't Pierre Dorian, even if they go into an open auction scenario or an open uh, interview process to maybe look at someone new, could Kyle Dubas be part of that discussion? He was a massive Sens fan growing up. That's pretty well documented. Anyway, Savvy Senior writes, this Dubas to Ottawa talk is maddening. There is absolutely zero evidence that Dubas is a good NHL GM. What evidence is there that he'd be an upgrade over Pierre Dorian? I think there's plenty of evidence, as I just pointed out, that he's a good GM for a regular season team. We don't have any evidence that he can get this team over the hump come playoffs. But uh, what, what do you think of that Dubas to Ottawa talk? I don't think he would ever come here. Uh,
1: that 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 was my thought. But then now, you've reminded me that yes, there, he 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 was a senator fan. He does have family here. Um, it it might be something he's interested in. Uh, would it be an upgrade on Pierre Dorian? I, I, it would all depend on what his philosophy was going to be. How does he picture this team being built moving forward? Uh, you've got a lot of pieces here uh, that are that are high end, but you've also got some some pieces coming that are of the the grinded-out ilk. Uh, you, you've got some good uh, middle six and bottom six forwards in the system. You've got some good depth defensemen coming at some point, we, get, we assume. So I don't know. It would require a complete restructuring of the lineup. If you brought in a Kyle Dubas, he'd want a team that would match his philosophy, and that's not going to happen here. So therefore, he'd have to change his philosophy, and I don't know that he's willing to do that. If he goes to like a, a Pittsburgh, he can clean house and almost start all over again there and build the team the way he wants. I don't know that this is the right fit for him. I don't know. Like, that's different. I know it's not answering the question of whether I think he could be successful here or if he could be a, a, a plus here. I just don't think it's the right situation for him. And, he, and in that sense, I don't think he would, he would come here because of that.
0: So they'll need a new GM in Toronto very soon, obviously. And I guess the question... That everybody will have for the new GM when he gets here is what what's likely to happen with Austin Matthews because as of July first he can be signed to an extension he will enter the final year of his contract next year and I guess you're you kind of move into that stage because he's in the same kind of boat bigger star mm-hmm. same kind of boat though as Alex DeBrinket if the guy has plans to walk away you need to make uh, uh, come up with a game plan here because it's such a valuable asset for your team. You can't let him walk and get nothing in return. What do you think happens with Austin Matthews in Toronto?
1: Well, he is. He said he wants to stay. He likes it there and wants to stay there. So I, I'll i take him at his word. All the talk is that, oh, and once he's a free agent, he's going, going to Arizona, where, of course, he's from. But there won't even be a team there by the time Austin Matthews is a free agent. So, <laughs> right. so he's not going there. And plus... Personality wise, I don't see Austin Matthews as being a Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes type. Uh, he's more of a LA Kings, uh, New York Rangers type. I think that, that would be more the market he'd be looking to join if if he wanted out of Toronto. But I, I'm, I'm taking him at his word that he loves it there and wants to stay there. So I think something will get done at some point in time. Just don't know when. It's, it's like to bring it, as you said, you're waiting to see. Uh, the player has a bit of control here. The player has the upper hand, really. So it's 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 in his court as to whether he wants to sign or not to begin with. Yeah, I suspect you are right.
0: DJ Smith. Certainly, we don't know his situation. He's over at the World Championships in Latvia, Finland. And uh, please don't email me saying... Latvia is not in Finland. It is a co-hosted World Championships this year. Some games Latvia, in Latvia slash Finland. Thank you. That's better. Latvia slash Finland. Anyway, that's the genesis of that commentary. Anyway, he's over there helping out Team Canada for a second year in a row. But back home, he's in limbo. We don't I'm not sure yet after four years if he's going to return as head coach. That's because we don't know who the owner is. And uh, in the meantime, no matter what happens with DJ Smith, can we agree? that the Sens have been as fair as humanly possible, as patient as humanly possible, whether he continues or they cut ties with him. I don't feel like, based on NHL standards anyway, that he's been given anything but a fair shake because, it's the old adage, and you as a coach know it well, you're hired to be fired. It is unbelievable the lack of patience that GMs have for their coaches or presidents or whoever's making the call on a coach. And remarkably, in the time that D.J. Smith has been the Ottawa Senators head coach, going back to 2019, no less than 11 NHL head coaches have been both hired and fired in D.J. Smith's tenure. That, to me, is a fairly substantial number. Would you agree? Considering there's 32
1: teams and only 32 jobs, yes, I would agree. I'd like. I wish we had time, Steve. I could sit down and rhyme off some guesses on this one.
0: See how many you can get without getting one I, wrong. I
1: come up with a few quick because we don't have all day here. But uh, Dallas Eakins in, yep. uh, in Anaheim, Gerard Gallant with the Rangers. Yeah, uh, I think Dominic Ducharme in Montreal. Yep. Um, wow. Uh, D- D- Sutter in Calgary. Yep. Um, who? Who was
0: uh, Rick Bonus in? dallas i guess hired well rick bonus is the guy who gets a gold star because he got hired after dj smith did he got fired in the time dj's been <laughs> in ottawa and he got rehired in the time so he, uh, good for he, him. he's he's the only guy that's close to lapping the field and and by the way who would have been surprised after he took a flamethrower to the jets locker room after <laughs> they were eliminated the night they were eliminated that was a bit much how about in uh, lane
1: lambert in columbus Correct. No, Lane Lambert is in the island. The islander. Sorry, uh, the other guy with Brad Lauer. No, who is it? The guy with Brad Columbus? Larson. Yep, Larson. Yeah, I hired, fired in Columbus. I uh, have Those are just off the top of my head.
0: But go ahead, give us the. Okay, okay the, the rest videos. of them are. You got uh, the ones uh, you had. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux. You did not get. Oh yeah. Um, okay, cool. Bob Bugner, in San yep. Jose. Peter Laviolette in Washington. You've got your Jeff Ward in Calgary and oh, Dave Tippett, Ordo. Dave Tippett in Edmonton. So there is your list of 11. And you know what? I'm pretty sure we're going to have another guy join him fairly shortly in that Sheldon Keefe would also have been hired after DJ Smith.
1: Yeah. You think they're going to fire a new, a new GM comes in there and fires him. GMs so, so. want their own guide most of the time, don't they? Yeah, and, and Toronto's a market where they don't care about paying somebody not to coach them. Right. Like, it's certain teams, the GM would come in and not fire the guy right away, but uh, in certain markets, right? But in Toronto, they wouldn't care less. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and everybody fun. watches the Leafs, too. It's not one of those teams where a new coach comes in and he maybe hasn't watched a lot of games of that particular team. Everybody keeps an eye on the Leafs. And, they, and the, whoever the next GM is, he'll come in, he'll – have this instinct to want his own guy. But on top of that, he'll know exactly what Sheldon Keefe is. I don't think it'll be a case of, well, let's kick the tires on this Sheldon Keefe guy. When I feel yeah. like almost everybody already has a an opinion to the good or the bad about Sheldon Keefe at this stage.
1: Yeah. And it's and, and we're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop here so that then we could do a whole show dedicated to coaches, Steve. We could do a whole show talking about who's who are the candidates to be the next coach of the Ottawa Senators. I look forward to that day. As
0: do I, as do I. Anyway, I thought that was an interesting list. All all in all, you can read uh, that particular story at The Hockey News. I'm publisher of that page, so check it out at THN.com. THN stands for The Hockey News, Greg. You got that? (laughs) Hmm? I know that. I know that. Uh, It's it's THN.com backslash Ottawa. All right, before we hit break here, Let's talk a little bit about the four, the final four that are just getting underway now. It started Thursday night with that marathon with Florida taking down Carolina in four overtimes. Hopefully, they're not all going to be like that. I'm going to go ahead and get out on a limb and say they're not. <laughs> but you got Carolina and Florida in the east. And, who, and when you think about Florida, the more I think about it, I say, that's crazy that, he, that they're there because the top of the Atlantic division was so stacked. And I really felt like you know it's going to be Boston, Toronto, or Tampa. One of those teams getting out. No, not so much. It was last year's President's Trophy champion that was vying for the final playoff spot with teams like the Senators a couple of months ago, and uh, they got hot at the right time. And man, are they rolling in the re- in the uh, in the in the playoffs here. And so you got Carolina, Florida, Vegas, and Dallas out west. And uh, I mean, so who you like. is there ever, Has there ever been a Sun Belt? Tight Final Four like this in the NHL's well, history? Well, do you know
1: the the northernmost team still alive in the playoffs, Steve? Do you know who it is out of those four?
0: Um, I'm going to say that would be Carolina. Your geography?
1: No, it's Vegas. Really? We the North. Somebody needs to ship them down some of those leftover T-shirts from the <laughs> Raptors' years.
0: Vegas, we the North. Vegas, <laughs> we the North.
1: <laughs> That's it. That's the joke.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is funny. But, I mean,
1: who, who do you like, though? I like, I like Dallas. I liked, I had Dallas going to the final in my original uh, predictions this, this off, this playoff season. Uh, I like Dallas. I think they're going to be there in the final, and that's my choice in the West. But are you, uh, are you on Vegas? Are you, you're, a, you're a big Stoner fan, or are you, uh, well, with Dallas?
0: Who, what I think is going to happen versus who I'm cheering for. I'll tell you who I'm cheering for because, because yeah. uh, that's easy. I got Vegas and Florida. Um, Stone would be the reason I'm cheering for Vegas. Uh, even though I don't like the fact they haven't really paid their dues, I mean they've been around a while now. It would have bugged me really badly if they'd gone in their expansion season and won a cup. That would have been frustrating. But uh, oh, but now it's okay. Yeah, well, that's better now. It's not great. Um, okay, so, they still but have because Jack of Mark, Michael. yeah, it's true. But I still think Ugh. I'm just pulling for Mark Stone. And then on the other side, I like floor. I want uh, Carolina the team I'm picking because I've had yeah. them since after the first round. But I, I'm in Florida, if Kachuk wins, I like that concept because sibling rivalry. If one of the brothers, and these guys you know, butted heads, they love each other and everything, but sibling rivalry and all that stuff, I think if if Matthew Kachuk wins a Stanley Cup here, that's going to make Brady want one all the more. I think he's already at a level of, on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of desire for the Stanley Cup. He's already at a 10 if Matthew wins a cup ring, he suddenly moves to about a nineteen.
1: <laughs> I, I'm with you though. I, I would love to see Florida win for for exactly what you just said. I, I, I'm a Matthew Kachuk fan as well, uh, and 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 you know what? I'm not really a big fan of the Calgary Flames either. And I think that that would look real good if uh, if Florida wins this. Uh, but I still think Carolina is probably the team that's gonna that's gonna come out of the East. And, uh, and and while I do like Dallas and do do think that they're the team that's going to go all the way, I could see Vegas winning, and I'd be okay with it.
0: With life moving so fast, don't you wish you could just freeze time? Well, that's what Jim K. Ford is doing for you, because right now, when you custom order a new 2023 Ford Bronco from Jim K., you can lock in your factory order bonus of up to $1,000. And if there's a better incentive when you take delivery, you can choose that instead. It's that simple. Start your journey today at Jim K. Ford in Orleans or at JimKFord.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say us. By the way, I'm starting to feel like I need a little coffee. I'm starting to feel a bit of a lingering effect from that four-overtime game between Carolina and Florida on Thursday night. Might need an extra coffee here. I don't know if you – I'm starting to feel like that guy. Did you see the guy that was behind Paul Maurice on the bench completely passed out? And everybody saying it was because it was late he was he was a little too passed out. I think he had some uh, some liquid encouragement to be asleep at that stage of the game. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't just from the hour, but yeah. they just catch the
1: one guy beside him trying to hold it up his phone, trying to take a picture of the guy asleep with Maurice in
0: the same shot. There, that was, it was pretty funny. In this segment, uh, DJ Smith is going to be part of a pretty cool thing that's happening down in Windsor in August. As we all know, Bob Jones. The Sens assistant coach was diagnosed this past season with ALS and very sad news. And uh, but he's going to hes he's basically taking the thing head on. He's continuing on as an assistant coach for as long as he can and uh, also being part of this fundraiser. It's a big charity hockey game. It's called Jonesy's game. It's for ALS and all these Windsor Spitfire legends uh, are all going to be part of it. Guys like Taylor Hall will be there. Cam Fowler. Gabriel Velarde, and uh, and many others. I'm just going off the top of my head here. And, of course, DJ Smith was a terrific Windsor player as well. And uh, I think that's kind of neat that uh, that all the guys are getting together. Such a terrible disease,
1: too, Steve. You, oh, you, totally. you feel for the poor guy and, and a young family and uh, whatever they can do to to raise awareness and raise funds and get to work on research. Uh, it all helps, you know, It uh, it's important stuff and and it's good to see that the players are going to show up. I, I'm i sure it'll be a resounding success.
0: I was looking at DJ Smith's Windsor stats because I thought, you know, when I read the story on it initially, I, I wasn't really sure about DJ Smith's caliber of a player in junior and he was a bit of a stud like as a defenseman had over a point a game. I think he was, uh, he was a first or second rounder drafted in the NHL. And so Pretty well-regarded player, but even though he's a point-of-game, he was like fifth, I think, in scoring his, his that final year. And do you know who is uh, who the best scorer was in Windsor the, the year DJ Smith went off at over a point a game It was the despicable one. It was the great Matt Cook. Matt Cook, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, really? They were teammates? Yes, the great Matt Cook who once stomped on Eric Carlson. But unintentionally.
1: What What's going on with the... Uh, Gil Grissom and the CSI team. What's the latest update on the investigation? Remember there was going to be a complete forensic analysis and investigation. I never heard anything.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure the Sens have continued with that uh, particular (laughs) quest. Anyway, moving on from that lots of Sens weddings coming up this year. What's going on with the Sens and all these weddings. So you already had Brady Kachuk; He's getting married this summer and, uh, here in the last month, three more guys got uh, got got engaged. This week, Thomas Shabbat got engaged to his longtime girlfriend down in uh, I forget He's some Caribbean nation, uh, a nice beach and everything. Popped the question there. Uh, then you get your um, Parker Kelly. Last month, he got yep. married down in Hawaii somewhere. And then the great Jake Lucini proposed to his girlfriend this past week. They met at Michigan Tech. She was a basketball player there, so it's like. What is happening with all these weddings exactly right now? There must be must be maybe it's a springtime thing. Maybe we can write it off to that, that old poem, right? The uh spring when a young man's fancy lightly turns to thoughts of love. <laughs> hmm? huh? I don't. Know. Anyway, it's a lot of weddings going on at one point.
1: Well, it's they're they're all the same age, Steve, so this is about the right age, right? Yep. They're all in that that mid 20s. Uh, it's also the time of year. I don't know that it has much to do with with a man's heart turning to thoughts of love. It has more to do with proposing around the hockey schedule so you can set a wedding date that's not going to conflict with your hockey schedule. Right. They they're probably all probably 85 percent of NHLers get engaged around this time of year. And and they same they all get married in about the same one month window every year. It must be expensive to go to all these weddings if you're an NHLer.
0: No, it was interesting too because the, they were all announced on Instagram. All the players are on Instagram. I feel like uh the Twitter is now I don't know. I don't know if Twitter's the what young people go to now. I'm I'm all over Twitter, but same here. at the same at the same time, uh it feels like none of the Sens players I, I spend much time on on Twitter, it seems like Instagram, because you look at all those proposals I just mentioned, you look at the replies, absolutely chock full of teammates, friends. Like, like recognizable NHL stars that are filling up the replies. Congratulations, buddy, and all that stuff. So it's uh, a little generation gap among social media, I think, when you get down to it. Yeah,
1: I'm a Twitter guy still, uh, and thankfully, uh, I generally use Twitter for reading mostly. I don't, I stop reading newspapers and I just follow the reporters that I like and the publications that I like. And thankfully, those people are of my generation or older, and they still they're still on Twitter, so I don't have to worry about getting out of this Instagram thing.
0: Yeah. All right. To close it out, just recapping a couple of things. We've of course, uh, uh we got, uh, ownership news. I know I put a moratorium on it, but I wanted to mention again that the news from yesterday was that the Nico Sparks bid has taken on yet another celebrity, Donovan Bailey, the, uh, the Olympic hero from 1996 winning the, well, the, I think we can all agree at the summer Olympics. That is the crown jewel event, the men's 100 meters and Donovan Bailey, wins for Canada that was a special moment because it happened you know just uh just eight years after the Ben Johnson scandal and to have someone back in the in the gold medal spot so soon was pretty amazing and an exciting time for Canadian sports fans and if the Nico Sparks bid wins the Sens ownership uh then uh, Donovan Bailey is in that mix as well maybe that's a guy that could be your I don't know team president or something like that don't know but Kind of an interesting uh, angle there as, the, uh, as that particular group really seems to think the main currency in this thing is celebrity factor. And now that you've lifted the moratorium again, Steve,
1: I'm going to reiterate, just get it done. Like, yeah. I I really honestly thought that we would have had an announcement uh, yesterday or Thursday. I I'm really, really honestly believed it's okay. Enough's enough. Tell us who wins. And I'm really looking forward to Monday, Tuesday. I expect it to come out early in the week. Oh, do you?
0: Yeah, don't you? All right. I don't know when it's coming out. I don't have any inside knowledge on that. I, I have heard that Michael and Lauer is the lead bidder at this stage of the game. That much, uh, I feel fairly confident about, just based on a source that I have that's very close to the negotiations and the and the drafting or the um, the bidding process. So that I feel confident about what the timeline is. That's hard to know. I, I don't know exactly how you know big these offers are and how much legalese there is in there that they have to pour over but uh, no I don't think it'll be much more than I think by the end of the month would be a a fair assessment sometime between now and the end of the month but we'll see let's take our leave before we go I want to remind you of a couple of things again our website is SensNationHockey.com and I'd also invite you to check out the Hockey News Ottawa which I took over about a month ago lots of great Sens articles there and features so check that out easiest way to get there thn.com backslash Ottawa and that is it for today we hope you have a fantastic long weekend the May 2 4 weekend is upon us so go out there and enjoy that nice spring weather and uh, Greg enjoy your week we'll talk to you next time thanks Steve stay safe everyone thanks for being with us on the Jim K Ford Sens Nation podcast please subscribe and review. Share this show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.